Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to kind of do a split topic, a little more uh, family friendly, as they say, in the first hour and then move into something in the second hour. So we're going to spend the first half of the show talking about little things you can do for new parents. Everyone... Because a new parent is like, yes, there's a lot you can do. And then we'll spend the second half of the show talking about what you need to think about or consider to have your first three-way. How's that for a dynamic show? All right, let's jump in. Things you can do to show up for a new parent in your life. The first one being show up. Let's just use that as a, as a grand global narrative. Uh, don't distance yourself from someone because they are married had kids, other lifestyle changes. That's often what people are worried about is the loss of their friends, their social life. And the friends worry about that as well, losing that friend to parenthood or family life. It happens, things change, and often that is the course it takes because maybe what you had in common or what you prioritize has changed. Your hours and where you put your time and energy and focus changes. You're not available on the nights or the weekends to go drink. You wanna be home, you wanna be with your kid. Or, you don't have a lot to talk about anymore. Maybe as a parent, you do want to spend time around individuals that also have kids. You can talk about parenting, relate, process. But it doesn't mean we have to abandon each other. There are still things we might have in common and ways we can keep up in each other's lives. It's kind of like dating. You don't have to have similarities. You just have to have respect and interest. And if you respect what the other person's doing and some interest in them, you ask questions. You find ways to participate. It doesn't have to be a complete social deal breaker, but for some, it might become that, sadly. Um, but it's all about sticking around and showing up. So what are the first things we can think about? Well, help. Um, you go visit someone, they have a new kid. And this can be applied to a lot of things, actually. Someone who's dealing with a disability, an illness, et cetera, et cetera, mental health stuff. Don't just show up expecting uh, to be offered a drink or something to eat. Show up and say, how can I help you? Uh, because again, remember, parenting is a 24-7 job never off the clock. And what this person doesn't need as you visit them is yet another person to be responsible for. So when you're entering someone's home, you don't always have to see yourself as a guest. Sometimes you can see yourself as someone who's there to help. That can feel really good. That's how someone feels cared for. That's also how someone doesn't become stressed out at the fact that you're coming over. They don't need to prepare for you. You're actually there to help them. Hey, sit down. Is there anything you need my help with? Let me get that. Let me do that. Is there anything I can bring? Is there anything I can stop and pick up for you on the way over? When you become a parent, or again, if you want to apply this differently to someone who's dealing with a disability, mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera, 
they might not have the time or energy to put into activities of daily living as we call it. So it can be a very loving thing to say, how can I help? I'm not just coming over as a guest. Which anyway, you know, after you've come over, you know someone well enough, that guest label kind of diminishes and you're a friend and we can be more casual and more chill. But I think that's a really, really, really important one. So again, how can I help? Is there anything I can pick up on the way over? Is there anything I can do? Do you wanna relax? You can say when you get there and I can kind of manage some things. I know when I lost a loved one and friends showed up to do that, that was really meaningful. They weren't like, oh, we're guests. You know, do you have anything for us to eat? Do you have any drinks? They're like, oh my God, you're mourning. You know, you have grief to deal with. Like, what can I bring over? What can I do for you? What can I do for you this week? That's what we often need and being a new parent is similar in that again, your time, energy, and attention is kind of directed towards something else, something more important than being a good host and etiquette. There's times when etiquette needs to go out the window. Most of the time it does. Just be a caring, compassionate person. Let go of all these arbitrary rules that we've made up. Uh, but I don't wanna get on a, on a uh, tangent about etiquette. Uh, another thing is, and I thought this was really thoughtful, sticking with this whole idea of what can we do for this person, their time and energy has been directed towards other things is, is there a way we can help them get more sleep, more sleep and rest? And that's why I like the idea of like coming over and being like, you sit, you rest, you nap, I will keep an eye on everything, take, get a good solid hour sleep, I will look out for the baby or whatever it is. That is so meaningful. And you're hitting things on multiple levels. You're letting them know you care. You're letting them know you're invested, but you're also offering something that they desperately need. So you're providing a true benefit. Uh, sleep deprivation is not only massive for new parents, but again, to make this show relatable to everyone, we're, we're taking out the word parent if you want and plugging in illness, disability, life stressors, whatever, grief and loss. Um, and sleep deprivation definitely impacts our mental health, our mood, anxiety, the foundation upon which all the other stressors that come with this are going to be sitting. And so helping someone get the needed sleep or nap or just rest is so important for someone who's, again, disability, grieving, new parent. It's a beautiful thing. And you're also identifying yourself as a really good friend, someone that they can continually count on versus the others that have kind of drifted off, gone silent, or show up thinking that they're at a party and they're a guest. All right, we're gonna talk more about uh, things you can do as a parent, and then later in the show, we'll be talking about how to do your first threesome. And of course, we'll be doing uh, DMs. We always do DMs. So if you got a question for us, topic you want to stit, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We are channelq.com is where we want to go for past episodes. Otherwise, stick around. We got more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and we're talking about ways to show up as a good human being specifically though within the realm of uh having friends or family members that are new parents but again want to make the show applicable to everyone so you can pull out just had kids and his new parents and plug in how to be good and show up for when who's dealing with disability, mental health issues, grieving the loss of someone. We were talking about um, supporting their sleep and their rest. We talked about saying, how can I help? Not, you know, I'm coming over. What can I get while I'm there? Is there anything I can do? Do you want to take a nap? Let me keep an eye on the kids. What do you need? It's always an important question to ask. We can ask that all the time. What do you need from me? When a partner's struggling, what do you need from me? When a friend's having a hard time, hey, I care about you. What can I do? What do you need from me? It's a really beautiful question. It helps people just directly identify what it is. Sometimes they want you to just listen. Other times they want your care and support. And that applies with this as well. Sometimes they're like, oh, let me just complain about how difficult this is. Or let me celebrate how great this has been. Or let me just process with you how different I feel in the world. And my identity is different. And people are treating me different. And I've lost people. Or I've gained new friends. Or whatever it might be. Anxieties about parenting. Holding space. And again, that's also what we do when people are having difficult times with grief and loss or in the, they're in the hospital, or they're scared of something. It's just holding space because there isn't a, a solution. There's nothing you could ever say or do that would make parenting easy moving forward or someone worry less about a health diagnosis. There's nothing you can just say or do that removes their mental health issues or their grieving. And, it does, and we don't need to. Those are part of life. Um, we want to hold space so that people don't feel like they're alone in it because that is what decreases the severity and the negative impact is just having people present or accessible, um, not feeling alone in things. It's so powerful. Um, so again, asking specifically what their needs are. Sometimes not even waiting for them to reach out or express the need for support somehow. Not everyone has the personality style where they're willing to ask. They don't have the confidence maybe. They're not sure that people will show up. They have a history of feeling like a burden. They are more comfortable in a 
people-pleasing, caretaking capacity themselves. They don't know how to let go and be taken care of. There's a multitude of reasons. So some people are never going to ask. And if you ask, they're going to first politely, or they think it's politeness, they'll say, no, no, no. So sometimes you're going to have to ask a second time. Sometimes you're going to have to be the one that even brings the topic up. And sometimes you just kind of think ahead and say, if I was in their situation, what might I want? And, and maybe I can bring that or do that. Um, but I think the biggest point is just to acknowledge that when we go through these certain things in our lives, we can feel very alone or lonely. We can sometimes feel like we're not relatable. We can sometimes feel like we no longer have things in common with those we, you know, we're most familiar or cared the most about. So again, it's just letting people know that you're there. So again, we're talking specifically about what you can do for new parents. I thought it was an interesting topic because again, it sits in that realm of people not knowing what the right or the right or wrong things to say or do are in different contexts in our lives. And the answer is usually just sharing that vulnerability. Um, hey, I really don't know how to show up for you, but I want to make sure you know that I'm here and I care. So what can I do? Like that transparency is so meaningful. I wish people were more vulnerable and shared what their intent is. Because again, sometimes that's all that's needed is just saying that. And they'll say, yeah, actually my needs are met, but that meant a lot for you to say that. Thank you. That lets me know that I can reach out. That lets me know that you're still, you know, I'm still important to you. And that's why I say it to my clients about everything. Be more transparent. Work through and share your process in front of the person. People don't always know that we care about them. People don't always know what we're thinking. Because I hear people say that. Well, they know I'm their best friend. No, they might not. Or maybe they think it's different now. Or maybe even if they do, it still feels good to have it demonstrated. You know, it's why we go to a friend's birthday dinner. Yeah, to be a good friend and show them that we care. That is a demonstration of that. That is why we maybe text someone on their birthday and say happy birthday. Yeah, they might already know that we care about them, but we want to celebrate them and make them feel even better. So this is part of it. When someone has something massive shift or change in their life, let them know that you're there with them through it. Let them know that you care. We might not have the answers, but that transparency of, hey, I want to make sure you know that I'm on this journey with you is so huge. Uh, we talked about not waiting for them to ask for help because, again, some people might never. Um, I thought this one was really interesting too, and it's a really good point. Uh, honor cultural postpartum rituals. And this concept came in with some really sad facts. The U.S. is one of only a few countries around the world without a federal paid family leave program. Um, one in four moms return to work just two weeks after giving birth. Only about 23% of people in the U.S. have access to paid family leave. Where other cultures actually have care, respect, and rituals around having just given birth and the meaning and power of that. Um, Indian cultures, Latin American cultures, some Asian cultures honor and respect the postpartum period. Really beautiful. Um, people prepare certain things. They do something, certain things. I thought this was really sweet. Um, uh, okay, so someone who is a virtual doula was saying Taiwanese sesame oil chicken soup um, and Korean seaweed are some of favorites. They're both easy to prepare. They are tied to some cultural norms. I mean, like, it's a really beautiful concept. So ask someone, is there anything culturally that uh, exists as a result of this that I can honor or participate in or do for you? What are the traditional maybe comfort foods or um, what would you say, like healing healing processes or, or objects. Is there any, you know, it really falls back on, again, I care. Tell me what I can do. I want to, I want to honor who you are and what you're familiar with and what would make you most comfortable. Is there anything cultural 
or familial that family members have passed along that I could do for you, with you, or participate in, right? It's cultural respect, it's cultural acknowledgement, um, and again, letting this person know, you mean that much to me that I'm willing to go to those lanes. If there's like a recipe or some ingredients I can get for you to cook something or cook something with you or bring it over, like let's do it. Um, really sweet stuff like that. So always that cultural and familial acknowledgement that sometimes, yeah, it would be a really beautiful thing for you to help them participate in that. <clears throat> um, okay, uh, we're gonna come back. We'll talk a little bit more about how to help people when they bring kids in, new parents, new families. But again, this applies to a lot of other things. And then we'll be doing some DMs, so stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back, and we're talking about ways to support a new parent. And again, a lot of these apply to people that are in grief and, grief and loss, dealing with grief and loss, or mental health issue, disability. I liked what we were talking about earlier. We are talking about these uh, cultural or familial traditions that might've been familiar, comfortable, passed along, and how maybe you can honor or participate in them. Um, running errands for them is a great one. Again, we talk about time and energy. Uh, they got a lot going on. Things are slipping their mind. They might have to focus on other things. I think that's great. Um, offering to babysit and watch the kids is huge. Like, hey, go take a nap. We talked about that. Sleep for a while. Or, hey, get out of the house. Just go. Breathe fresh air. Or you and your you and your husband or you and your girlfriend or you if you're a solo parent, like, go see a movie. Just take the day. Like, there's something really great about that. Letting them know, I honor that you have an identity outside of this. Go participate in that. Go see a friend. Go see a family member. Go on a date. Whatever it is. That's massive. Offering to babysit doesn't even matter what they go do, just having time away. Maybe they're just gonna nap. That's great. Pet sitting was another interesting one that came up in a lot of the research. Pet sitting, like, hey, I'll keep an eye on the pets. So you don't have to worry about walking the dog, feeding the dog, bathing the dog, whatever it is. I'll come do that, or I'll take the dog for a while, or I'll come over and babysit the dog for the day. I'll babysit the dog and the kid for the day. Just lightening the load, thinking what are the responsibilities that they might have that they would benefit from not having. And that's again, it's just, it's not just about the activity. It's also the communication in you doing that activity, which is I'm here, I care for you, I'm still in your life. Because as I said earlier, some people wonder who they're gonna lose, who they'll still relate to. Their identity changes, their position in the world changes. So that's all really helpful and meaningful. Uh, babysitting, pet sitting, running some errands, uh, cooking meals, maybe eliciting the help of others to cook some meals, like maybe a certain night of the week or for the first week or two, you have all those meals planned. One last thing for the parent to worry about on top of everything that they do have to worry about is getting everyone fed, especially if there's other kids. So maybe you say, I'll babysit the other kids and you can just spend time with the new baby for the day, for the night, for the weekend. There's so many ways to do that pet sitting, babysitting, cooking dinner, and just relieving some of those core pressurized um, things that are a little depleting and exhausting. Um, I thought a really important one was don't give parenting advice. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that I work with are doing a lot of research. They're doing specific forms of parenting, feminist parenting, um, attachment-based parenting, gentle parenting. I love all that stuff. Um, so the way you do it or the way you did it, or the way you were raised might not be the way they want to or are going to do it. Hold that back unless you're asked, unless they said, hey, how did you manage this? How did you do this? Hold that back. It's also one of the things that family members can get in the weeds about when um, grandparents try to roll in and kind of control parenting or parenting styles. So it's a little side note, like honor what the parents are wanting. 
But then I was looking at the research and there was, it kind of, it got a little more specific where it said, what do new parents need? Like the things we're talking about are more relational, but there was, it was an interesting concept. So also think about that, like specifics. They were like diapers. Number one, they always need more diapers. Just keep flooding them with diapers, bring diapers. <laughs> Cause that's like the, that's like the real basics diapers. Um, I thought this was interesting. Onesies with mittens, reliable breast pumps, swaddling blankets, baby monitors, a diaper bag, um, secure carriers, like things, things that are expensive, things that don't have the time or energy to go get, things they'll need, things you might have left over from a prior child. Um, there's so much, there's so much stuff. Like I'm blown away when I see parents traveling, all the stuff that they have to bring. And I'm thinking, wow, it's like a whole revamping. Um, not even to um, leaving out the complexity, just what's required to get, not even the utilization and the packing of all of it. God bless. Um, but looking at the research, a lot of it again was about sleep, um, letting them get out of the house and handling food and errands. It was a lot of repeat around that housework came up often. Um, letting them know that you're there. I mean, these are the things that kind of repeatedly came up. So Anyway, step into some of that. Um, and again, this is also what we can offer to people who are dealing with some mental health stuff or grieving the loss of someone is that's where our energy and focus need to go. And we can't and shouldn't have to be worrying about like dinner and walking the dog. And so again, if you know someone and you can be the person that takes that responsibility on, um, it'll mean a lot to people. And again, just knowing that there's people there that are thinking of them and that they care. Because a lot of these things, uh, people start to feel so alone in so checking in on them, you know, if you're from afar or you feel like you've already done enough, just sending messages, thinking about you, how are you? Um, you know, and again, that whole, like, do you need anything else? Even if they don't take you up on it, it means a lot for people to know that other people are thinking about them and care about them. So try to participate in that. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential. Whatever you're wondering, someone else might be as well. So put all your questions in there. Topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in there. And past episodes of the show, because it's all about that unlearning and relearning repetition over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Take us on a, take me on a little bit of a journey with you, but all that good stuff is over there, so you can kind of check it out and build it in. But like I said, coming back, we'll be doing some DMs, and then we're going to be talking about things to think about if you are going to be having your first threesome. So stick around, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, show we're back. Now it's time to drop some body positive gems. We're going to be spending this segment dropping gems, but don't worry, we'll be doing some DMs later in the show, so stick around for that. So body positivity, I'm just trying to sprinkle this throughout the show because summer's coming, and this is something we want to be aware of, and we've done longer shows on this, but I'm just going to spend a few minutes. First one is drum roll. Don't follow things that make you feel bad. Don't follow accounts that are all about weight loss, weighing yourself, summer bodies. That's a mess. We are following accounts that say you look great the way you are. How do you have a beach body? By bringing your body to the beach. Everyone should wear what they want. You don't have to earn the right to wear anything. We are not punishing ourselves for eating food. So we're unfollowing anything that tells us otherwise. Anything that tells you you need to dress a certain way, that you need to wear certain clothes for your shape or your body, that you need to, you know, go through whatever you need to go through to feel secure on the beach. We're getting rid of all that. And instead, we're following body positive and fat liberation accounts. Why? Because 
that's just us learning to love ourselves as we are. And as we age, as disabilities happen and different phases and events happen in our lives, our bodies are going to change. And we have to be available to whatever's happening. We can't wait. It's like I tell clients that say things like, I want to lose weight before I start dating again. Oh my God, I don't know if and when that's going to happen. And that doesn't even need to happen. Let's start learning to date as you are, because you might come back to this. 99% of diets fail. It, it doesn't even stick. It doesn't even work. Why? Because it's not healthy. So let's date as we are. So we're unfollowing negative accounts and we're following positive ones. Also, we're setting boundaries. We're telling people how they can talk to us and what they can talk to us about. So if someone's constantly talking about your weight, what you're wearing, what you're eating, you say, listen, I'm going to stop you. It isn't acceptable for you to talk about or comment on that. And if they don't stop, you walk away. You're done. Also, we're shutting down those conversations in our social groups. Be that friend group that talks positively about each other, not that friend groups that keeps each other, not that friend group that keeps each other trapped and saying, I feel fat, I look fat, I can't believe I'm eating this, I'm gonna have to go run this off tomorrow. That's toxic. That's disordered eating talk, that's toxic gym talk. So we're letting our friends know we're not gonna talk that way anymore. We're gonna be positive and supportive and call that out and hold that. And if your friends can't meet you in that healthy level, then maybe it's time to find new friends. Also, we're building community. We're building, we're building relationships with people who live in the world and think the ways we want to think and how we want to live in the world. For instance, if you're trying to get sober off drugs and alcohol, you can't be spending time around people that are always partying and talking about partying. You're going to feel left out and it's not really supporting the important parts of who you are now. So those people would need sober friends who are meeting them where they're at, mirroring back important things to them, and also living a lifestyle that they feel safe being a part of. If you're trying to work on being more body positive or feeling okay in your larger or fat body, you also need community who normalizes being at whatever weight you're at, who normalizes the beauty of fatness, who normalizes that health exists at literally every single size and that our goal in life isn't to fit a body ideal or our goal in life isn't to always be attractive based on the standards society has given us and that our goal in life isn't to meet these desirability standards that we haven't even signed off on and don't include us. Also, you need to read and educate. You have to spend time reading material that helps challenge and helps you unlearn some of that toxic messaging that you've not only been given your entire life, but you are continuing to be given when you see billboards that say things like no pecs, no sex, or I need to get my beach body or my body ready for the beach. Things that really shame you being however you are already. And also you're gonna have to become an activism. We have to be a part of changing the world that oppresses us. We can't just sit outside complaining and we can't just throw rocks from the outside. We have to get into these systems and into these institutions and make changes. We have to stop promoting problematic things on our social media and instead helping be part of the solution by posting things that challenge, that challenge this toxic messaging, challenge these toxic institutions and norms. So we have to be part of that change and that solution. Um, Got more of the show to come. Like I said, we'll be uh, wrapping up the show with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, that means any questions you got, topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back and cover, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We love hearing from you. And uh, past episodes, check out the shows that we've done already over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff because, again, it's a practice. It's all about unlearning some of that messaging and then replacing it with better learning. So, yeah. Stick around, y'all. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
All right, y'all, welcome back to the show. We are now talking about drum roll, what you need to know, think about, and do to prepare for your first threesome. Um, I always like to remind people that there's no right way or wrong way to run your relationship. Some people are, are all about monogamy. Others are swingers and open and poly and all these are different, beautiful, healthy ways to coexist with another or with more than one individual. And um, a lot of couples, after having been together for a long period of time, they want to try something diverse or creative. And having a three-way becomes something that a lot of people are drawn towards. Um, right now, it's women that the research, and even in my own clinical practice, is showing are the ones that are more interested. I'm here for that. Female sexual empowerment, female sexual honesty, more confidence. It's awesome. But nonetheless, it's an interesting way for individuals to have more creative, diversified sex, to be able to experience some things that maybe a partner isn't open or interested in. Also, the joy of seeing your partner create and derive pleasure with with someone else. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, it's pretty honest. No matter how much you love or are attracted to your partner, we have eyes. We're going to be oriented towards other attractive things in the world. And with cheating being one of the top reasons people break up, when you take that off the table, a lot of couples and relationships get to stay and stick and last and have sustainability because um, they settle into the honesty that, yeah, you're going to be drawn and attracted towards others. Let's find a way to make it workable and let's find a way to make it safe and consensual and ethical. And um, then we can stay together and everyone can get their needs met. So it's a really beautiful thing, but there's a lot of things that you want to think about and consider. Um, first off, making sure that you understand why and that it's something you want to do. No one should do anything that they feel pressured to do. However, having said that, I do want us to push on our edges. And yes, I want us to do things that make us anxious. Part of mental health is consciousness and learning about ourselves. So it's never good enough to just say, no, I don't want to do something. I want to understand why. What is it that's hard for you in that? What is it that scares you about that? What is it that you're trying to avoid? At least be open to talking about things. If you're going to be in a monogamous relationship with someone, part of that deal has to be that we will constantly discuss and assess the sex we are having together as a couple has to be part of the deal. It's not just going to be, it is what it is and you get what you get. I also always tell people, if you're going to be monogamous, you have to be open to being a sexual partner. You cannot say to someone, you can only have sex with me, but then I'm also not going to have sex with you. You cannot force someone into celibacy. That's not fair. That's not healthy. That's not kind. It's also a form of emotional and sexual abuse to deny someone that access. So of course you have a right to say no to sex when you don't want it. Of course you have a right to turn down the kind of sex you don't want to have. But again, if you're not interested in sexuality with your partner, then monogamy is not right for you. And a lot of couples at a certain point in their relationship, sex becomes not important or it falls off or someone becomes uninterested. And that's when they start to talk about, well, I want to have partnered sexuality. So we have to talk about ways that that can happen. And sometimes three ways are a way to kind of bring more life or energy excitement back into the marriage because we all get to have, we all have part of human rights, part of mental health is the right to sexuality, to partnered sexuality. So we do always want to make sure we're finding ways to participate in that, to offer that, to support that a hundred percent. So I want to make sure though, everyone's on the same page. So when couples talk about wanting to do three way, my first question is why? What's your goal? What are you hoping to seek from it? I want to really understand what they're what they're going into it for, because the answer should really be: we want fun, we want diversity, we want creativity. Um, I want to see my partner enjoy sex with another, or I want to be watched. All positive things, but the answer shouldn't be because I feel forced into it, uh, because my relationship will end if I don't. That is being that that is having um, sex under duress, and that is not acceptable. It's not healthy. And why would you want to do that to someone you care about? 
So again, within healthy relationships, no topic is off limits. We are open and willing to talk about anything and everything. That doesn't mean it'll happen, but you have to be open to talking about things. So if someone comes to you and says, I want to try a three-way, the first answer should be, thank you for being honest and caring enough about me and the relationship that you want to tell me what's on your mind. Explain to me why, explain to me what you're thinking, explain to me what you're hoping to get out of it. And then I'll reflect back to you what, what feels good to me. And sometimes it's a work in progress. It's not something that's decided on that one-off or even that week. I work with some couples for months process why, what, where, when, how, and really landing with a um, scenario that makes sense and feels good to everyone. But that's always the first question. Like, what are you hoping to get out of it? Is that even what's possible? Because some people are looking for things that aren't going to happen. It's not going to save your marriage. It's not going to save your relationship. It might be part of that because you're pushing on the edges and you're challenging yourselves and you're really expanding, going on a beautiful sexual journey together. That could be a vehicle towards that. But a three-way in and of itself isn't necessarily going to be a life support for a failing relationship. And so that's what I look to hear. Are they not interested in each other anymore? Let's then talk about that. Are they not attracted to it each other anymore? Let's then talk about that versus getting distracted by the three-way because that's not going to solve any of that other stuff. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about the main things you want to think about, talk about, consider, and process. Um, and then, of course, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, things you want to sit, circle back, drop deeper into. Yeah, you can tell I've said that before. Put that in the DMs on our love line, IG page, and past episodes of the show. Always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about that repetition. But um, like I said, when we come back, we're going to talk about three ways, things to think about, talk about, consider, because with a primary partner, we have to be able to share that kind of intimacy. Um, all right, stick around. More to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we are back, and we're talking about three ways, things to think about, things to talk about, things to consider. It's not going to save a relationship, but it's part of us maybe learning more about each other, learning what's possible, pushing on our edges. Um, you want to always be open to at least discussing. You don't want to say to a partner, certain things I can't even be, you know, can't even be brought to my attention, certain things we're not going to process. No, we're going to talk about it. Doesn't mean you're going to get it, but I want to at least be open to hearing and learning. And then we talk about what's possible. Um, okay. Things to think about. Um, like I said, I want everyone to be on board. I want everyone to understand what they're looking to get out of this. And I want everyone to understand what their partner's looking to get out of it. Because sometimes it's to see a partner. Sometimes it's to be watched. Other times it's to try experiences that your partner is not open or interested in doing. So we want to understand so that no one's surprised. Because you might see things done that you haven't done. You might see your partner make noises, make sounds, faces, or again, behaviors that you haven't done, you haven't tried, you haven't seen. And that's part of the beauty of this. That's part of why you do this. That's why we have multiple friends. Maybe our partner isn't interested in video games. So we go play them with our friend. Maybe our partner doesn't like horror movies. Maybe they'll go sometimes, maybe not. We go with people that are. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's the same thing with sex. You know, your limits are my limits. And so that leaves us with whatever's left over. If we have a different partner sometimes, well then it changes what's possible. And there's nothing wrong with wanting different, creative, diverse. It's a really hard idea to imagine you're only going to have sex with this one person the rest of your life. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. For some people, sure, monogamy is the number one chosen thing. But I think a lot of people choose it out of anxiety. It's fear-driven. It's about control. That's not going to work for everyone. That's not right for everyone. Monogamy is not right for everyone, just like something more open isn't right for everyone. Don't assume because people are monogamous that that was done from a place of health and that's the right thing for them. Sometimes it's quite the opposite. 
um, especially if there's no sex happening between the two of them. Monogamy is for people that are sexually compatible. Um, we'll talk more about that on another show. The next thing is to really talk about what you want to have happen and what you don't want to have happen. We need to understand what the boundaries are because boundaries are, are important. Um, we want to know what, we want to know what limits are. We want to understand what's too far for people. Um, so with anything else, talk about it. You know, what are you open to have happen? What are you not opening? What are you not open to having happen? Um, and then you have to stick with it. So don't agree to expectations or boundaries that you are not okay with, you're not comfortable with. And that's why for a lot of people, this is an ongoing conversation. And sometimes it happens and then afterwards they discuss and say, what would we want to have different next time? If there is gonna be a next time. Because this is something that's supposed to be fun and pleasurable. And, and, and that what helps us do that is the comfort going in, knowing what's gonna happen and not happen. Because it's supposed to be comfortable and fun, remember. It's not supposed to leave anyone feeling bad, which is why, drum roll, you have to make sure that everyone's interested in everyone. So yeah, you have to find a third partner that you are both interested in and that is interested in both of you. No one wants to feel left out. So that's another side note. If you notice someone being left out, pull them in in some way. Don't just let them sit there witnessing unless that's the deal. Some people are like, I just wanna watch. I wanna be more voyeuristic. It's more of the cuck holding kind of scenario where you watch your partner with someone else. Some people like that because of the shame, the control, whatever it is. But if that's not the deal, then make sure everyone's looking out for everyone. If your partner's being ignored or left out, pull them in somehow. What does that mean? It means we're going to have to be doing some communication before, but also communication during. And yes, aftercare, we're going to talk about it again afterwards to see how that went for everyone. But talk a lot before and be willing to talk during. In addition to that, want to know what the safe word is going to be. You want to give your partner and you an ability to express, I'm not comfortable with what's happening. We need to change. Or I'm not comfortable with what's happening. I want this to be over. And you have to discuss ahead of time how you will make room for that discussion to occur and commit to following and listening to them. Just like anything else. If you go to a party and someone's not feeling well, they have to be able to say to you, I would like to go now. And then the two of you exit or you've discussed ahead of time, I'll stay and you can go. You figure it out. Some three ways they're like, look, I want to stick around if you're not having fun. So if, if you don't enjoy it, feel free to leave and I'll know that that's what you're doing and I'll enjoy and stick around. Or let me know that you want me to go with you and we'll kind of exit together or we'll tell our partner, you know what, we're going to call it a night. Thank you for swinging by. But you have to talk about it ahead of time. What are you going to do if someone's not comfortable? What are you going to do if someone's not happy with what's happening? It's all about communication because communication is about care and we should be caring for our partner in the way all of this impacts them, which is why we should be doing it as sober as possible. I'm sorry. A lot of people disagree with this, but first experiences with certain sexual things should be done sober so that you're aware of yourself, so that things ha don't happen beyond your control, so that you're aware of the boundaries, so that you can communicate appropriately, and so that everyone's being taken care of. If you feel the need to use drugs or alcohol to do this, it's very possible that's because you're not ready or you're too anxious, and so we should wait. That's always what I propose. When people are intoxicated, boundaries are pushed, and then we regret it later, and we can't take certain things back. So think about that. That's a huge one. Communication, the confidence that we can communicate and our partner will listen to us, and also that we're going to go into this so sober as, as sober as possible. Also, know that you might see or hear things that make you uncomfortable. So the possibility of jealousy spiking during this is very, very likely or not. 
And you have to be willing to kind of deal with that. It can't be if I'm uncomfortable at any point, I stop everything. You want to be willing to allow a little bit of discomfort because this is unfamiliar and unknown territory. So we want to kind of acknowledge that ahead of time. Expect that. And that's where I remind people, you know, if nothing else, support your partner in the joy and pleasure that they're experiencing. Be happy that they're happy. You know, your partner might come home having gotten a promotion and a raise, and you might not have, but I hope you still celebrate for them saying, wow, I wanted one as well, but I didn't, but I'm really happy you did. Tell me all about it. I'm proud of you. I'm excited. Let's go to dinner and celebrate. We need to do that sexually as well sometimes. You know, you might say, I'm not as interested in this person as I thought, or I'm not having as much fun, or it's not what I expected, but it looks like my partner's having a great time. So let me stick around and, and get through this for them. No one's being harmed. No one's being hurt. Everything's consensual. And then afterwards, I'll let them know what I'd want to do differently if, if even do it again at all. But sometimes you do things for someone that you care about and you celebrate the joy that they're experiencing. You, you sit through that movie because they're loving it even though you don't like it because no one's getting harmed. It's okay to do things we don't want to do. Sometimes we have to be bigger and better than ourselves. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about this. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back talking about three ways how to prepare for them it's not for everyone but i like people pushing on their edges and trying new things just because you do it once doesn't mean you have to do it again you learn about yourself your body your partner pleasure it, it's good for people i want people to try having sex with the same gender if that's familiar to them try having sex with the opposite gender yes i want us to try things push on our boundaries our sexuality is far bigger than what we think it is because right now however you define it it's probably rooted in your gender policing your homophobia or heterocentricity some body shame some pleasure phobia maybe some kink shame all sorts of stuff it's buried so we're learning more about ourselves uh make sure everyone's on board make sure you've talked about ahead of time what you're okay with having happen, what you're not okay with having happen, what your boundaries are, how you're going to communicate to each other if if you don't like what's happening or you want it to, you know, kind of call it a night. Your understanding that jealousy might come up, but that's okay. You're going to deal with it, sit through it. As long as no one's being harmed and everything's consensual and the boundaries are followed, maybe you write it out because when you love someone, you sometimes do things for them. And if they're having fun, you're happy they're happy. It's that kind of deal. Try to be as sober as possible, if not completely, at least the first time so you're very aware of yourself and you're in control of what's happening. Um, expect issues. It's not going to be perfect. There's, there's a person being brought in that doesn't know you well. They don't know your likes and dislikes. It's unfamiliar. So it might be a little clunky. It's not going to be perfect or ideal. This isn't a porn. You know, this isn't scripted. This is real life and human. So things happen. We have to be open to that. It's not going to be completely smooth. Um, but we're learning. And again, we're looking around the room. This is also just sex party etiquette. Don't let people feel ignored or left out. That's just general social skills. Go talk to the person that's being left out. We're looking out for each other. Remember, it's supposed to be fun. It's about pleasure. No one should be left out. No one should feel bad. Um, sometimes it's a good idea to meet up beforehand. Sometimes people don't want that. They want it more, you know, a, you know, a little more clandestine. But maybe go for dinner beforehand or grab a drink. Meet the person. Get comfortable. Get familiar. Or... Have them come over a little early and say, let's just kind of sit down and talk a little bit. Let's get to know you or, or maybe not. Some people don't want that. Um, but again, constant checking in, constant communicating, constant making sure your partner seems comfortable, constantly checking and making sure you're comfortable, feeling good that your partner's feeling good. And then finally, aftercare. Afterwards saying, how was that? What would, would we want to do it again? What would, we, what would we want to be different? How do we wish that had gone? What did we learn about each other? And doing something bonding. 
afterwards. Lay together, cuddle together, go for a walk, plan a night, go do something the next day, but something that reminds you that we're good, we're safe, we're connected, we're close. Because some people, seeing them with a third brings a different part of them out. It could feel like a little bit of distance or loss, even though it should be bonding because of that vulnerability. Oh, wow. That transparency, it should bring us closer. We know different parts of each other. It makes, it makes things a little deeper. Remind yourselves that, but you want to definitely break it down and process afterwards. What was hot about that? What was not? Um, some people fold the discussion of that into their next sexual experience with each other. They talk about it. Um, you know, it becomes kind of the fantasy play. So there's a lot of things that can beneficially come from it, but you just want to make sure you're prepared because again, it's supposed to be fun. This isn't anything we do to make anyone feel bad or harmed. Um, it's not going to save a relationship, but it might be part of saving a relationship, realizing there is more to come. We can, we can go on a journey and an experience together. This is something we're going to do together. Um, sometimes a relationship or a marriage gets a little flat and boring and a little humdrum and a little patterned and habited. You know, we fall into habits and we kind of see each other as a little bit of a bore. And these are just part of stepping out and doing new things together, believe it or not. Um, I always tell couples that make sure you're having new experiences together. Make sure you're going out and experiencing the world together. Um, this is another version of that. And if you're not ready for a three-way, sometimes just watching porn together is a great way to bring in others in a safer, more controlled context. Or do that before you have a three-way. Start watching some porn together as a way to get familiar watching your partner watch someone else, watching your partner get turned by, turned on by someone or something else. Reminding yourself that we all have a sexuality bigger than what our partners can provide. Um, and really getting familiar with that, that, that watching them, watching porn with them can be a very interesting segue in, or for some, as far as they want to go, but there's something really beautiful in that. But again, talking about what was good, talking about what was not good, talking about whether or not you'd want to do it again. Um, it's all about just having different experiences. Um, but go in, go in mindfully. Some people, they wing it, they do it on the fly, they get drunk and just bring someone home. And then. I've worked with them in the aftermath and people felt left out. They didn't know how to communicate. I don't like what's happening. Um, they didn't like what was said. They got into a fight. The person felt ignored. They're threatened. I mean, it's a mess. There's no reason why we can't go into this fully aware boundaries and plans. So, all right, we'll talk more about it. It was a little bit of a um, crash course, but um, when we come back, We'll be doing some DMs, so you know, answering those questions, helping others as you're helping yourself. If you got a question, put in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential. Also put in there some topics and uh, channelq.com. We are channelq.com, excuse me. It's where we're gonna go to check out past episodes of the show. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. That's over at wearechannelq.com. Check out some of the other shows while you're there. Take us, take us on a journey. But um, like I said, when we come back, we'll be doing some DMs. So stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. I've been wanting to break up with my girlfriend for about a month now. We're just not compatible in a lot of ways, and I think it's time. However, she has a birthday coming up, and it's the anniversary of her dad's death, which is a big deal to her. I still love her and care about her, just not in love with her. I know it's probably better to break up with her now, but I'd like to be with her through all this stuff because she's still my best friend. Is that wrong of me? No. I think it's both. (laughs) I think most people, if someone wanted to leave a relationship with them, they would just want it over. But I do always say to clients when they want to make a disclosure or do something, I always say, it isn't just about you. I'll never agree that it's just about one person. And I'll say to them, what's going on in this other person's life? Is this a time where they have the ability to hear this or be a part of this? Do they have resources? Because that matters. We don't want to harm people. You've already been sitting on the uh, desire to break up for a month. What's the harm in hanging in there another week or two? Now, having said that, you can still be best friends after the breakup. You can still help them through this after the breakup. You don't need to be their girlfriend still to help them through this. Um, I hope you remain friends. Just romance and sex aren't on the table anymore. Um, or maybe they still are, but friends with benefits. I don't know. But yes, if the anniversary is a big deal for her and it might be very hard for her to deal with her dad's death, maybe don't add another layer by saying, let me also have you deal with the breakup at the same time. And like I said, you've been sitting on the breakup for a month. So um, hang in there. All right, we got another DM. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my mom has severe anxiety and depression. I've dealt with it my whole life, but now that I'm older, I'm doing some self-help and uh, a lot of my childhood issues now make sense. Because again, remember, like I feel bad for your mom dealing with anxiety and depression, but I also understand what it must've been like for you as a child, being part of a family where your mom was dealing with anxiety and depression. That means she's not available. That means she's not accessible. And there's a lot of issues that emerge out of that. So my, my empathy for both of you. Back to your question, you said, I asked her to go to therapy, but she refused. She said she tried it once and didn't like the therapist, so she'll never go back. I get it. Uh, not everyone's a match for the therapist they work with or the kind of therapy that's offered. Uh, but you know, it's just like, that'd be like her saying, I don't want to go out to eat at restaurants. I've been to a restaurant before and I didn't like the restaurants, so I don't like restaurants and I'm not going again. It's like, that's very odd because each restaurant's different. (laughs) It's going to be a different experience with different offerings. Therapy's the same way. Not everyone does it the same way with the same personality or the same style. Uh, so maybe help her 
help kind of correct that cognitive distortion because she's catastrophizing and generalizing. Like that's not how it works. But bigger than that, unfortunately, we can't change people. And I would never help someone change someone because I don't know what's best for her and you don't either. Um, and therapy tends to be very beneficial. You can only make requests or try to be a positive influence. So keep sharing about the success of therapy and self-help for you. And um, keep saying, you know, when you're ready, I'd love to be a part of that. But we can't make people do things. And so take care of yourself around that. I know that's really hard. Uh, we got another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my baby daddy and I split up pretty soon after our daughter was born. Our daughter is two years now. And uh, he's been at least with five other women. Okay, well, that's his business. Good for him. Uh, now that she's starting to recognize us and develop memories, having a really hard time being comfortable with other women around my baby. Um, you don't get to control someone else's decisions, unfortunately. And uh, people will be coming in and out of your child's life as friends, as coworkers, as family members. That's life. A child's not going to be harmed by seeing and learning that relationships aren't always forever. The value of a relationship is not the length of time it exists. It's okay for children to learn that friends come and go, that people date. I don't agree that children have to be protected from the reality of the world. If you're okay with friends coming around, friends don't always stick around. Dating isn't different. I was just talking to a parenting expert therapist friend of mine, and we were all complaining about how we don't agree that everyone gets so protective around this dynamic. Children need to learn that relationships come and go, and that's okay. But bigger than that, I appreciate your struggle, um, but I don't know what it means that he brings them around. I'm assuming everything's age-appropriate and boundaried, and he's using some privacy. Uh, but uh, sadly, we don't get to tell someone else what they can do in their life, you know? Um, but bigger than that, your child will be okay learning that not all relationships are forever and that your father, that his, her dad is single and that he's looking for love and that it's a process. Your ch the child, when they're older, will be going through that process as well. So you're helping normalize that. Don't worry so much. All right, y'all, that is our show. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow night. Join us then. You guys take care of yourselves, you know, have a good night and, uh, see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.